It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia. If you can believe it already, it's week five in the NFL. So we're going to look ahead, leave week four in the dust, especially with some of those injuries. We're still waiting on some word for those. We still got one more Monday night football game to go, but that will not stop us from looking ahead. We're always trying to pursue onward. We're like great explorers. It's like Lewis and Clark, but I couldn't get those two guys. So instead, I got Pat Fitzmorris and I got Matthew Friedman here to help me break it all down. And we are going to do just that this morning. Uh, Pat, I'm sure you, like everybody else, had, uh, you know, an enormous over in that Seattle Detroit game yesterday, right? Oh, man, what a track made. Uh, yeah, I like I want to go back and watch that one again. I mean, it was it was on along with several other games, but I, I just like how we got to that point where there were almost 100 points scored in that game. Uh, that was just wild. And by the way, start all your uh, fantasy players against the Seahawks and Lions. Yes, yes, that is that is very good advice in the crossover. Uh, Matthew Friedman, before you completely leave week four in the dust, too, we got Kenny Pickett. We got Bailey Zappi. What a time to be alive, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of those guys might end up being rookie of the year, which is a real indictment on the rookies this year. <laughs> but he's not bitter at all. All right, let's uh, continue on. And we'll start with the Thursday night football game, which already has two running backs who probably are not going to be playing in this one. We think we're still waiting for word as we get it. Probably definitely not so much Javante Williams in this game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, we're still waiting on word, but this number right now is 43 and a half is the total. Uh, you're looking at Indianapolis traveling to Denver and Denver being three point road favorites in this game. If you like the Indianapolis upset right now, it's plus 140 over bettingpros.com. Friedman, I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now in this game. Does that lend itself to early opportunity or is this more of a cautionary tale to stay away? Maybe. I mean, I bet the under. I've already bet under 43 and a half. Uh, I don't think either team is really all that uh, offensively inclined and they're missing some of their better weapons. Uh, in terms of the spread, I do have this right around where the market is at three. So I don't see any value there, but I, I do like the under. Offensively inclined. I like that, Pat Fitzmorris. Do you think any of these teams are offensively uh, inclined to go over this total or are they uh, more offensively challenged at this point? Yeah, offensively challenged. And this does feel like an under game. There's no question. I mean, we have to call this the AFC disappointment ball, I would think. So far, <laughs> I mean, two, <laughs> two teams, uh, their fan bases were certainly expecting to see in the playoffs this year and have been, uh, you know, letdowns to say the least. So, um, yeah, looking at this one, I'm. I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like maybe Denver is a little bit better equipped to pick up the slack with a, a running back hurt. Like they're deeper at the position sure. yeah. and maybe they have more elsewhere too. I mean, the Colts, like I worry about Matt Ryan, like even though the Colts offensive line is, is decent um, when he doesn't have that running game to, to take the heat off him. I mean, he just, he looks old this year. Let's face it. Mm -hmm. He looks old. Yeah. And uh, you know, I know Russ has had some struggles too, but I just feel like uh, there are more tricks in the uh, the magic bag for the Broncos than for the Colts. And who knows? Maybe uh, the injury running back to Javante Williams will force them to really open up this offense for once and see what it can do. Maybe. I don't know. It'd be nice. But, uh, you know, I don't want to live in disappointment. Let's go to the next one here. Speaking of disappointment, 
the Green Bay Packers narrowly of just just by the skin of their chinny chin chin Pat Fitzmorris somehow dodged my Patriots. And uh, of course, that was all house money in that game for me. I was enjoying the hell out of that. This one is actually going to be uh, away 930 in the morning start. This was going to be in London. So Green Bay gets away far, far away from the States. They are eight point favorites in this one over the New York football Giants. Forty one and a half is the number. Uh, if you like the upset plus 280, you're getting on the Giants. Pat, uh, I know yesterday, maybe you could say that the the Green Bay Packers weren't taking the Patriots as seriously as they should have, perhaps, maybe, but some of this, the problems continue to rear their ugly head with this Packers offense, it feels like. Yeah, um, they they have issues. Their passing game is not what it once was, and uh, that seems to be luring maybe the occasional safety into the box against them to stop the run, which you never see against Aaron Rodgers normally. So, um, yeah, and do we see another backup this week with Daniel Jones apparently dealing with an ankle injury. So we go maybe from the third stringer on the Patriots to the second stringer and the Giants. And uh, I saw who that was on Twitter just a second ago, and it's already slipped my mind. Uh, Terod Taylor. It, oh, it is Terod Taylor. Oh, yeah, Taylor's the, yeah Taylor actually right. made an appearance uh, briefly yesterday, yesterday in the right. game. Um, yeah. But it was brief. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's more than a touchdown seems too tall. For this game um e- even though the Giants offense yesterday man was pretty sickly it was it was handed off to Saquon Barkley or do some sort of bootleg where uh Daniel Jones pulls out and runs for his life with two guys chasing him and trying to find mm-hmm. someone open and of course there's no one open because they've got like you know David Sills and Richie James are their top two wide receivers <sighs> yeah like on one hand, I don't know how the Giants score in this game other than just repeatedly feeding it to Barkley, giving him 30 more carries and letting him work on a somewhat soft Packers run defense because they can't throw. They just can't no. throw. But at the same time, like I don't like this Green Bay offense to cover any sort of big number, especially when they're not in Lambeau. Now, this we was might therapy not like... session. That was therapy know, right? for Phil. Yeah, sure. right? You feel better now, Pat? Is that good? I do. I do. Right, and that'll I'll be $200. Like, I'll sure... see you next week. So we'll, we'll <laughs> I'm be sure right here. Giants fans have some things to work through, too, even though they're three and one. I mean, they're they're the two shakiest three and one teams in football right now. Uh, all right. Uh, the, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, shaky, the Giants are three and one. Are they the worst three and one team in football, Friedman? Uh, yes, they are. Uh, Next question. No, uh, looking, <laughs> looking at this game. Um, and yeah, I think Fitz, it's generous to call the, uh, the Packers run defense somewhat soft. They are totally soft against the run. Uh, and so that does, you know, match up well, I mean, for, for the giants, although it's hard to say that, you know, anything matches up well for them in general, cause they're so incompetent everywhere, but I have this exactly at seven and a half. So, uh, we have to wait to see, you know, with Daniel Jones, uh, if this number were 42, I would bet the under, but it's 41 and a half, uh, 41 in some places. I have it exactly at 41. So I, I would see value at 42 and we did see an early line at 42, but it's moved down since then. And so I, I don't really see any value in this game. Now, speaking of over unders, sleeper has a new game for everybody. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions of players already on it. And you probably already have a league on there. And if you don't, you probably should. And now you can win even more on sleeper by playing their new over under game. It's very simple. First, 
You choose a sport, two or more players that you like, and pick the over-under, for example, rushing yards in a football game, number of points in a basketball game. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into that contest. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to 20 times your money. And look, I'm excited about the over-under sleeper app because it's the only app where I can join friends and contests together and play with them and hang out. And I think it's a fun thing. If you like the wagering space and you're already on sleeper, it's the perfect marriage of all these things. So go check it out today. Go download the sleeper app. Now play the new over under game, have fun with your friends, make some money. It's a win-win for everybody. And on your mobile phone, you just join that listener group on sleeper at sleeper. Again, the, uh, the actual app name is sleeper and the sleeper.app slash betting pros link is the one you want that's sleeper.app slash betting pros and when you use that promo code betting pros you get a hundred dollars match on your first deposit again that's one word betting pros on the sleeper app go play that over under game now let's head on to the next game on our list and it is the pittsburgh steelers we think with kenny pickett we assume with kenny pickett not that it might change the number on this game anyway because the buffalo bills are going to be hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, who look like a train wreck right now. They are 14-point uh, favorites, so this is a very large gap here. 47 is the over-under. Uh, let's uh, talk to you about this one, Friedman, here. Is this number high enough? Yeah, 13 and a <laughs> half at a couple of books where uh, I think that creates significant value relative to the consensus of 14 that we're seeing at the rest of the, uh, the market. So, I have this at 14.25. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like a massive numerical difference, but going through the key number of 14 is pretty significant. And, you know, we've got questions. Uh, as you said, can he pick it in this game? I know that Mitch Trubisky isn't good, but he's at least a veteran. He didn't throw three interceptions yesterday. Uh, I have the difference between can we uh, be Trubisky. about those interceptions? I don't want to yeah. interrupt you, but like, one was in the hands of Chase Claypool and he dropped it and the other yes. guy caught it. The other one was deflected by another receiver and yeah. it was caught. And the third one was a deep ball that was a chuck up at the end. Yeah. So I don't want to kill Kenny Pickett. I, I can't believe I'm the Kenny Pickett <clears throat> apologist here. But those three interceptions, that's not fair. That, okay, that's fair. I was using it more okay. as an illustrative point that I do think that Trubisky, even though like he's not good, he probably still has an edge over a rookie making his first start. So okay. like, I think there should be a deduction from Trubisky to Pickett. The question is like, how much of a deduction is that? Uh, and then on the other hand, we also have Buffalo who I think will be getting healthier in this game relative to what we've seen the past couple of weeks. So Christian Benford, one of their cornerbacks could be coming back. Tredavious white is eligible to come back off mm. of the PUP in this game. So like their secondary could be getting a significant boost. Some of their defensive tackles could return. So, I think they will be healthier than what we've seen. So 13 and a half, I think offers value. 14 is probably about right, but the difference between 13 and a half and 14 at this point of the year is pretty significant. All right. I'm in the mind that it can't be worse than Mitchell Trubisky here, but it's still not going to be good against Buffalo, Pat. That's how I look at this one. And Buffalo showed a lot of heart yesterday, coming back uh, down by 17 points at one point in that game, coming back to win on the road. That was a huge victory for them, especially after dropping a game to Miami the previous week. So what are your thoughts on this early line here at 14? Is it big enough? Yeah, um, I think it is big enough. And for me, it might be a little too big. I mean, you just mm -hmm. mentioned it, Joe. Buffalo has been through two pretty tough games now, and maybe they have kind of a, a letdown spot. Um, certainly, this is the worst edition of the Steelers that we've seen in a long, long time. Um, like I 
can't remember one really worse in the last shades of Bubby Brister. I don't know. I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah. I think we're going far. back to, the, but maybe they are better for having like ripped off the Mitch Trubisky bandaid. And maybe Kenny Pickett is the guy who better lets them leverage the talents of Deontay Johnson, George Pickens and Chase Claypool, because Trubisky really wasn't doing that for them. So yeah, I, I think 14 is a little tall for me here, too, even though Friedman is slightly on the uh, bill side of this. I'm I'm kind of slightly on the other side. I think maybe there is a little value to getting Pittsburgh at less than two touchdowns. Let me okay, add well, just a little okay. a little context sure. to this. The Bills, uh, sorry, not the Bills, the Steelers, out of all of the teams that haven't suffered an injury at quarterback, the Steelers are the team that I have downgraded the most in my power ratings since the season started. So there is a possibility that I've overreacted to what we've seen out of the Steelers, and then I'm discounting uh you know, pick it too much. So I'll, I will say that like that is a possibility. I mean, well, if we that's can... the case, don't you want to wait then? Like, shouldn't we wait to see if this line grows to 14 and a half or even 15 plus? Because it feels like if you think that Pittsburgh might be pluckier here now with a little change of QB and maybe Buffalo overlooks them early or there's garbage time or all those circumstances, don't you want the bigger number then and maybe be a little more patient on this one? Yeah, I mean, if you're on Pat's side, if you like the Steelers, and the Steelers have historically been good as underdogs, so like this is kind of their spot. If you if you like the Steelers, I think you wait on this number. I don't think oh. it's going to get shorter. See, I, I I disagree. Like, I don't want to see. I think this number could get a little shorter. I I don't Yikes. think it goes to fourteen and a half because I think people are going to see those trends, like what Mike Tomlin has done as an underdog. But I think we know we should probably throw those trends out the window with this Steelers team because this is not like any of Tomlin's other yeah. Steelers teams. Yeah, no TJ Watt, uh, no Ben Roethlisberger. No, they're missing a lot of pieces that historically we've seen in the past. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. Uh, next one on this list, the Chargers got to two and two. The Cleveland Browns fell to two and two. They're going to be in Cleveland this week. The Chargers are three point road favorites in this one. Forty eight and a half is the number. Friedman, we'll start with you in this one. Look, uh, Cleveland uh, had some opportunities there late in the game. They did not take advantage of them. Now they go home and uh, lick their wounds a little bit. But the Chargers are still a team that is dealing with a myriad of injuries. Keaton Allen was unable to get on the field uh, last week. They were missing Bosa, J.C. Jackson. Still a lot of issues there. So I'll ask you, just out of curiosity, is the wrong team favored in this game? 
Uh, I don't, I don't believe so. Uh, I, but I do like the over, over 48 and a half. And I, I bet this last night, um, both of these teams can score points and both of them have wounded defenses. Uh, you know, the, the Browns have been much better on offense than I anticipated with Jacoby Brissett being pretty efficient and they're going to be able to run all over this chargers uh, rush defense. I mean, probably the worst in the league if it's not uh pats packers run defense i mean they're they are bad and we know that the chargers on the other hand can score points and they're going against a defense that is pretty wounded especially uh on the front uh and so i don't think they're going to be able to get the same pass rush that we would normally expect against the chargers and so it's not as big of a deal if they're missing their you know all pro left tackle so i think we're going to see points in this game Pat, are, are you concerned at all, um, you know, when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to run the football and the Chargers inability at times to stop the run that, once again, maybe this game might be a lot tighter than people realize? It could be, Joe. Um, like, my first instinct is that the the Chargers are a much more complete team, but, um, you know, they might have the Achilles that the Browns can really exploit here with that run defense. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason my instinct says to like the under in this, uh, I went on a long rant on our uh, live betting pros game day live stream yesterday morning about um, scoffing at such a high total for a Jacoby Brissett game with the Browns and the Falcons yesterday and, uh, you know, hit the under and it did come through. But, man, I feel a little differently about that this week with the Browns going up against a team that is so ill-equipped to handle Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my concern for this one as well. That'll be a fascinating outcome. I think the wrong team is just straight up, you know, not favored. I I think I think the Chargers should be the underdog in this game. I really do. Uh, but we shall find out very soon. The Houston Texans still winless on the year. Oh, three and one will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville got tested in the rains in Philadelphia. It wasn't very sunny there at all. Not for the Jaguars, at least. They are seven point favorites, though, at home against Houston. Forty four and a half is the number. Now, Pat. I love the Jaguars this year. I'm very, I'm, I'm enjoying this run that they're on, this rejuvenated uh, squad here after some miserable seasons, especially last season being just the bottom of the barrel. But in this case here, are we ready to make them seven point favorites, even against a team like Houston? Yeah. Is it a letdown spot for them after, uh, you know, the big stage of going to Philadelphia and playing a game that a lot of people were interested in? And mm. I'm still sort of interested in the Jags at seven points. If it gets to seven and a half, I'm totally off. Um, But like, I I do think the Texans are pretty overmatched here. Like we've seen the Jaguars are pretty capable on both sides of the ball. And um, whatever magic we saw from, from Davis Mills and the Texans offense. And uh, you know, I would hesitate to call it actual magic late last season, but that, that passing game is really not, looking as good as it did last December. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with the Jaguars here as kind of a bigger home favorite, but I, I just don't want to see that number get to seven and a half. So I might grab it at seven today. Matt, do you agree that this is the time to grab this Jaguars number? I don't, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I have this at 6.25. So I lean slightly towards the Texans, but I assure you, I am not betting on the Texans uh, in this spot <laughs> at seven. I think it's right around where it should be. I, in this game, actually prefer the over, which I, I feel disgusting saying uh, the overs because, uh, you know, overs have not been hitting well this year, although we're about even on overs the past yeah. two weeks. Uh, so but yesterday I think helped. <laughs> I think yeah, the market the market has evened out on the overs and the yeah. unders, and you know forty three and a half, that is a low number. And this Jags team 
they can score a lot of points. I have this number at uh, 45. So I, I bet 43 and a half over last night. And uh, man, the Jags, they could get this all on their own with a couple of, you know, fill goals from the Texans to help out. Okay, let's move to the next one here. The Minnesota Vikings at home. Also, seven point favorites here over the Chicago Bears. The number's 43 flat. Uh, and obviously, we, we know that the Bears have not been a good football team so far this year. Uh, is this an early opportunity to get on the Vikings bandwagon in week five, Friedman? Man, it's tough because we've got the travel from London. Uh, mm -hmm. And so a lot of teams haven't historically opted to play the week after London. And I mean, the Vikings had a weird travel schedule in that they didn't get to London until a couple of days before the game, whereas the Saints, they got there like early in the week and they acclimated. So I'm not really sure how the travel is going to impact this. And, and so I'm kind of taking more of a hands off approach. I do have this at 7.75. So, you know, in theory, given that this number is at seven, there's value there and I might I don't know. I might be too high on Chicago, just given how horrible they are on offense. But I still think their defense is pretty decent. So, man, I I don't know. Seven seven feels about right. How about you, Pat? Does seven feel right to you, or do you think we're giving the Bears too much credit? No, I think we're giving the Vikings too much credit. Uh, I think I think <laughs> they're like total... a true cheese head. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it. But I mean, maybe it's maybe it's my bias in the rivalry showing through here. But I think the Vikings are paper tiger, and they're still getting overvalued because of that Week One game against the Packers. And we kind of saw that in London. I mean, the Saints were very much evenly matched with them. That was pretty much a, a toss-up game. It, it comes down to the, the bounce of a field goal off the crossbar. Um, so I do think the Bears are, yes, they're certainly deserving of, of being a, a bigger underdog here, but they play the kind of football where they can hang in a game like this. Like, they play conservatively. Um, they're basically just trying not to, to lose field position or give it away with turnovers. And, um, like, I don't know. I just I don't think the Vikings are going to off a London game off a, a big travel week, like just crush the Bears here. I, I see this being a competitive game. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. The Detroit Lions in that same division lost yet again. So for all the grit that they talked about in hard knocks, they're not quite showing enough of it on the field. The New England Patriots are home hosting the Lions. They are two and a half point favorites. The number is 47 in this one. If you like the upset, you can get Detroit on the money line at plus 120. Pat, uh, I know a lot of injuries in this game too. Potentially we have to wait to get sorted out. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Does DeAndre Swift come back? We've also got questions about DJ Chark. We've got questions about Mac Jones on the Patriots side. Are there too many questions to get an early beat on this game? Or does that mean it's an opportunity to take advantage of one of these sides because of these injuries? Yeah, maybe an opportunity. I just wonder if uh, the Patriots might have too much class here. And and like a Bill Belichick team, as this small a favorite, basically saying in a, a neutral site, this is a pick em more or less. Um, you know, because mm -hmm. home, home field is no longer worth a full three points. It's closer to two. Uh, and do I like Bill Belichick in a, a coaching matchup with Dan Campbell? Absolutely. And, you know, like if I were playing for Campbell, I'd run through a wall for the guy, but I also don't know about some of the uh, game management decisions. We know Detroit does not hold leads very well. Um, I, I just think this is kind of a spot where I want to be on new England. I mean, we just saw them like 
give the Packers all they could handle with a third string quarterback on the road. So, um, you know, I, I am betting on the class here of the Patriots. All right. How about you, Friedman? Are you betting on the class of the Patriots or the fact that the Patriots might be starting Bailey Zappi in this game? Yeah, I'm I'm on the other side of this and I haven't bet it yet, but I am seeing a plus three at Caesars and I might bet that after I'm done talking. Um, I have this <laughs> I have this at plus one uh, for Detroit. So I, I am seeing value there. And, you know, like one to two and a half, there's not that much of a difference there. But when you hit three then there's significant difference and the Bailey Zappi factor, you know, like, I don't know if he's worse than Brian Hoyer, but he probably is like, if I'm knocking, can he pick it uh, a point, you know, versus Trubisky because it's his first NFL start. I should probably do something similar for Zappi versus Brian Hoyer. And, you know, they are, uh, they being the lions, they are missing a number of players, but some of those guys are going to come back this week. Like Deandre Swift, he's probably out, but Amon Ross St. Brown, Chark was close to playing last week. Both of those guys might come back. They also might get back left guard Jonah Jackson. Um, you know, their kicker, Austin Siebert, he might come back. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm i on Detroit. You know, Dan Campbell as a favorite, that's not where you want to be. But Dan Campbell is an underdog. That is when the, uh, the Lions start to bark to mix everything together. So uh, I think I'm going to be on the Lions in this spot. Lions are barking here on the show. There you go. You have it. Uh, Seattle at New Orleans in this one. New Orleans loses on the double doink. Four and a half point favorites in this one, regardless at home against the Seattle Seahawks. 43 and a half is the number. If you like the Seahawks upset, it is plus 180 right now on the money line to take them outright. Uh, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, Seattle Seahawks yesterday getting the job done. Friedman, uh, any any chance you're impressed enough with what you saw out of the Seahawks yesterday to be concerned for this four and a half on the New Orleans side? Uh, talk to Fitz because I am betting the last game we talked <laughs> sure. about. Sure. Fitz, same question to you, my friend. Uh, look, I mean, I think the Seahawks have, you want to talk about pluckiness is something you mentioned on the show quite a bit. The Seahawks have kind of shown that a little bit. They, it's kind of them against the world. And this is another perfect setup. And Alva Camara was out for that last game. And Winston, once again, a lot of injuries here. That four and a half number, I think, is kind of telling you, in a perfect world, if everybody's healthy and the Saints were winning games, this is probably a six, right? Or a six and a half. But it's four and a half right now. So do you feel like this is an opportunity? Or do you feel this is a trap? I feel like this is a stay away for me, Joe. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Seattle offense has been fun. And how hilarious is it that we have gotten the narrative for so many years about like Russ being constrained, uh, having these manacles on him by, by Pete Carroll <laughs> and the design of the Seattle offense. And now they trade him, get, uh, you know, a bevy of draft capital in return. And now they're running this wide open, fun offense that everyone wanted to see all along. Well, it was fun yesterday. It. it hasn't been fun all year, but it was fun it, yesterday. It has, I'm not going to lie. Right, it was right. Yeah. So, um, and it, doing it with Geno Smith at quarterback. So, yeah. But yeah, there's, it, it's one thing to go against Detroit's defense. It's another to go against a professional defense, which is what New Orleans has. So I don't know if we're going to see the same sort of pyrotechnics from the Seattle offense that we saw yesterday. And um, yeah, I just like, I think these numbers are about right. Um, like the wild card is maybe the, the travel situation for the saints. Do they have sort of a letdown after losing a, a game that they were highly competitive in, in such a heartbreaking way, um, you know, coming back to a game they should win, but uh, do they maybe, I don't know, is this a letdown spot for them? I just, 
I don't really feel anything about this game. I think it could go any which way, and I kind of don't want to touch it. Well, Friedman, uh, here's another team traveling back from London. They're going to face the Seahawks. Certainly, this feels very trappy for New Orleans. They lost, well, they could have tied the game, let's put it that way, on the field goal, and things did not go their way. It's a long flight back to think about all the things that went wrong. How do you look at this contest here coming up in week five between the Saints and the Seahawks? I had this number at 4.75. So the consensus is five. I don't really see any value. It's and this this New Orleans team, there are so many injury questions with it. We don't know if Andy Dalton's starting or if it's Jameis Winston. Michael Thomas was out. Alvin Kamara was out. You know, Mark Ingram was in and out of the game. Left guard Andrews Pete. So like they're just they're dealing with so many injuries. And Seattle is running so well right now. It, it's like it's like the guy who gets divorced. Uh, and like everything that the ex-wife was like complaining about, he's now like doing with the new wife. It's like, oh, we're, we're taking the trip to, uh, to London, you know, like everything. <laughs> and it's like the ex-wife is just looking at this being like, why can't you do that when we were together? Anyway, that's, that's like what's going on with Seattle right now. I don't know what to make out of that offense. Like, is this something that is sustainable or is it not? I, I have this near the number. I'm just staying away. Okay, I think it's a fascinating upset. I just don't think New Orleans is as good as people want to get. I think they're living in the past when it comes to New Orleans a little bit, this team. They just don't seem to have any sort of cohesion to this unit at all. Uh, the Jets might not be the doormat they used to be. I don't know if there's good a, a, a good football team quite yet either. They are three-point underdogs at home this week against Miami. Miami's 3-1. and one. The Jets are 2-2. Two and two. They were very competitive in that game against the Steelers. Granted, it was the Steelers, but it was in Pittsburgh. 44 and a half is the number. If you like the Jets for the upsets, plus 125 on the money line. Uh, Friedman, I, I know Zach Wilson's return yesterday. I don't think we can call it triumphant, but uh, he did have some moments certainly in that game, as did the offense in general. And Miami still looking like most likely Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback for them. So how much of an impact does that make on this line for you when you're looking at this game early Monday morning? Yeah, Zach Wilson returned. That's what we can say. And uh, mm -hmm. with, with Tua... The drop from Tua to Teddy, that is a real question because before the season started, I would have had, I don't know, some smart people had that number at two. Like multiple people had that number at two. It would have felt a little bit closer to me, but we have seen Tua play really well this year. And, you know, I think some of that is the system, but, you know, maybe I should also assume some of that is just Tua with a competent, uh, competent group around him with coaches, with the receivers actually progressing and taking a step forward. So, I have that number right now is one and a half point difference. Maybe I should go to two, but either way, I have this number right around where it is now. Uh, the number is three in the market. Uh, I have Miami at uh, 3.25. So okay. it's, I don't really see any value on it. Fitz, do you see any early value at all in this game? Yeah, I think the Jets are kind of a plucky dog here. And I think mm -hmm. we're still, the betting public is maybe still, uh, it has the image of the the Jets as lovable losers, and maybe mm -hmm. they are starting to shed that a little bit. And for all the, for everything they've handled the, the Wilson injury and the the preseason, having to roll out with Joe Flacco at the beginning of the season, the, the rotating cast they've had to use at left tackle, um, this defense is starting to get legitimate. Uh, Sauce Gardner like is gives them they did not have someone they could lean on in their secondary to cover uh, top receivers last year. And I think they've got that now with Sauce Gardner. Um, like, I think this team is for real. And, you know, Miami with the quarterback change, I, I agree with Friedman. I, I 
you know, tend to think it's maybe worth less than two points. You know, we've we've seen Teddy be a competent. He's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as our friend Scott Pianowski of Yahoo would say, he is a, a spare tire. He's the donut. Like he can, <laughs> he can get you across town to uh, right. go to a yoga session or go get groceries, but you don't want to go across state lines with him for, uh, you know, more than a short period. So, uh, yeah, like I, I see a little value in the Jets here. Like I think they're a legitimate team. Maybe Zach Wilson is a downgrade from Joe Flacco, but uh, he's got some weapons, man. Like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and he seems to love Corey Davis, too. He does. So, he does. Corey Davis was the big standout to me yesterday in those games, those big moments. That's what he was looking for, and that's what we found in yeah, that game I, against the Steelers yesterday. And I, I can't fail to mention uh, Tyler Conklin, who you know is very good and looks like Kyle Drogo from uh, Game of Thrones. So also a good look. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I we, we all wish we could look like that. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, man. Tampa got down early and it just wasn't enough for them to come back in that game. Uh, they are eight and a half point favorites, though, this week against the Atlanta Falcons as they travel to Tampa. Forty seven and a half is the number for this one. So, Pat, Let's talk about this. We're seeing a lot bigger numbers this week than we've seen, I think, all year. Probably a bit of the schedule, but probably also just uh, finally getting a little bit more of an identity of some of these teams. So do we have enough of identity of the Falcons right now at this at this juncture to think that Tampa's going to stomp them to an eight and a half point deficit here? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, Atlanta has been pretty plucky so far, uh, but I'm a little less inclined to do anything with the side here than the total, which I think is a tad high. I just don't think this Buccaneers offense is as dangerous as it was last year. And it seems to me like there are times when it looks like Brady just wants to get rid of the ball quickly. Like, uh, you know, he is very eager to just check down and not take a hit. and you know, we're seeing these at all two and three yard Leonard Fournette completions mm. wide of the field. Sometimes it seems like even before the Buccaneers receivers have time to get into their patterns. So um, I, this number does seem a little tall because I've never really believed in the Atlanta offense. And uh, I don't know if the Bucs can push this one over themselves. OK, well, the Bucks defense certainly uh, had a longer night at the offense last night. Uh, excuse me, longer night at the off office last night uh Friedman when you are looking at this number here and what you've seen out of the Bucks this year it seems like Tom Brady either says it's Mike Evans or it's nobody uh so is that going to be enough in this one to really get them over that eight and a half number in your opinion yeah I have this very close to 10 just a shade under 10 so I am on the Buccaneers in this spot but I will say maybe I haven't been quick enough to adjust them down but I still think they have one of the best defenses in the league regardless of what we saw last night against a very good Chiefs offense and with the weapons that they have returning I think the offense will progressively improve so uh, I just I like the Falcons I like their offense but I think their defense still has a lot of uh, vulnerabilities. So I, I am on the Buccaneers in this spot and, you know, like Tom Brady coming off of a loss. I just, I think he's going to smash in this spot. Tennessee Titans fresh off an important win are two and a half point favorites on the road against Washington. who got pummeled by Dallas as many of us thought that they would in that defense. So no surprise there. 42 and a half is the number for this one. But I have to ask you this, Friedman, is this the classic Tennessee Titans letdown where they look good, they big that big game, they've got it against the Colts, and then they go and they drop a turd basically over in Washington? Because it seems like this is just shaping up to be one of those kind of moments. Yeah, this it, it feels like for both teams, this is the kind of spot in which Carson Wentz would somehow like be a competent quarterback 
and the Titans would look like an offense that just has no idea what they're doing. So I, I have this number very close to a pick them. I have it at a 0.25 and I, I feel disgusting being on the commanders in this spot, which mm-hmm. might be the sign that this is the the right side here. So I am on the commanders. I bet it uh, last night at plus three. I think you can still find that number at a couple of books, uh, but plus two five is in the market. Not nearly as attractive, but I still see value at that number. Plus 125 on the money line. Come on, Fitz, let's go. This has got to be classic, classic Tennessee Titans, right? At this time where, you know, they win the game you're worried about and then they go on the road and they lose the game that they probably should romp on somebody. But uh, I mean, I know the commanders looked terrible last week, but you got to shake that off because it's week to week here in the NFL. Your thoughts on the commander's opportunity here to maybe even upset the Titans outright. Like Friedman doing look ahead lines on Sunday morning before the week four action took place, or at least the week four Sunday action. Um, I had this game as a pick also. And then we saw Washington go out and look absolutely terrible. So I guess uh, that is the reason this line is opening where it is. Yeah, Washington's offense was very functional in the first two weeks of the season, Mm -hmm. and it has completely driven off the road in the last two weeks of the season. Um, I don't know. By good Uh, pass rushes. Let's be honest. Most teams have good pass rushes. So I don't think the Titans pass rush is the same thing as like, you know, Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence. No, exactly. There's there's no Harold Landry. So like this is definitely a better spot for Washington to rebound. So, yes, as, as gross as it feels to get on the side of the commanders, that's where I am, too. All right. We haven't seen anything yet uh, tonight. We have to wait for the 49ers and Rams to see what those two teams do. But in the meantime, the 49ers, regardless, four and a half point favorites on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Oh, the Carolina Panthers have one win. The number for this game is 39 and a half. Is that number low enough fits? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Um, boy, it is just. And I've got this. Uh, I've got you know, Carolina's four point dogs instead of four and a half, but I refuse to recognize value with uh, a Baker Mayfield quarterback <laughs> team. So um, yeah, like I just, I can't, I can't back the Panthers right now. That offense is just too, you know, an offense with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore just to be non-functional at this point. I wonder how soon we're going to see Sam Darnold back in, you know, once his, mm, uh, well. Just got chills when just straight up my spine. When I know. You said think that. about I that. Turning it. I thought you were going to say oh, maybe it's time we don't see Matt Rule. That's what I thought. But that was probably a more likely it's scenario. Getting close to that time too. But think of that where fans might be relieved to see Sam Darnold, or, or maybe you know skip directly to Sam Howell, some sort of Sam, but not Baker some Mayfield anymore, because I just don't want to watch <laughs> any more of him running this offense. Friedman, have you seen enough of the Panthers here? Uh, do you think that yes. they stand a chance of this number at four uh, and a half? Or I, I'm with Fitz. I have this at exactly four. Uh, I think the total is about right. Let's move on to the next game. All right. Very good. So running away, these gentlemen are. No courage at all in this game. I don't blame them. I have no faith either. Uh, Philadelphia Eagle is the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They are five and a half point favorites traveling to Arizona, a team with no defense. 49 and a half is the number. Now the Cardinals did get a W yesterday. Uh, there were some things that certainly went their way. The defense did uh, create some turnovers, make some moments. So I want to give them some credit here, but this is a different class of opponent. I think this week where you're getting the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town. So Friedman five and a half, uh, the weather will not be an issue in this game. This is in Arizona. So do you think that this number might be too small? Uh, I bet this at six uh, at DraftKings. I did it last night. That number is still available. Mm-hmm. I I feel disgusting doing it. Um, 
you know, Arizona, I have very little faith in them organizationally. I have no faith in head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I do have a little bit of faith in Kyler Murray and Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, uh, Philadelphia. They got a little, they got a little beat up on Sunday, uh, left tackle, uh, Jordan Mulatto left the game. Uh, they lost their right guard. They lost Darius Slay. Uh, Avante Maddox wasn't playing. Like not all of those guys are going to return. And Philadelphia at four and zero. I think the hype is just getting a little too strong here. And uh, so I am on the Cardinals, and I'm just holding my breath because I don't I don't feel good okay. about it. But I I do see some value in this. I think this number should be about three. All right, Fitz, how do you feel? Freeman brings up some of those injuries. Now, at the same time, the the Arizona Cardinals uh, have not been a very good football team, let's be honest, so far this year. And despite a couple of wins, I think some of things have really bounced their way for some of those victories. Uh, The Eagles seem like a much better team just in terms of a class above them, regardless of the pieces they might be missing. But is it enough in this game for you? Oh, the Eagles are definitely better, but they are traveling cross country in this game. Friedman mentioned the injury concerns. And just as last week when Friedman and I thought it was pretty gross to be betting the Cardinals in Carolina, we did it. And that was the way to go. And I kind of feel the same way that there's value to the Cardinals as a home dog here. All right. The Dallas Cowboys at three and one will travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Rams will be five and a half point favorites in this one. 45 and a half is the number. This one feels about right. Uh, I want to give the Cowboys some credit, though, because they've certainly been more competitive with Cooper Rush. I think any of us thought they might be. Is this another one of those spots where they're more competitive than we think they might be, Fitz? Or is this them just getting outclassed potentially by the Rams on the road? No, I think they could be more competitive uh, than we think. And uh, that seven and a half is big. And that's the reason I have no interest in the Rams and maybe some interest in the Cowboys at this number. Uh, But I think I'm more interested in the under here. Like this Dallas defense is for real. Um, And it's pretty ferocious. And we've not seen the Rams offense hit on all cylinders at Mm -hmm. any real point this season. Um, So plus they're going to be coming off a short week following the Monday night game. Um, and, and, you know, Dallas obviously has offensive limitations of their own with Cooper Rush at quarterback, although he has been a very competent game manager in Dak Prescott's absence. So um, to me, like I had the total at 44. So uh, I see definite opportunity here with the under, but I don't think I'm going to play a side. How about you here, Friedman, with that defense and the game management of Cooper Rush? Is that enough here where maybe this five and a half number isn't really as safe as people think it is? Yeah, I'm upset at myself for not betting this at six and a half last night. Um, Mm. I think I think there's a real chance that this is the game Dak Prescott returns. Um, You know, there are reports. Adam Schefter uh, yesterday said that Dak Prescott is eyeing week five as a, a possible return date. Uh, and so I, I think there is the possibility. And even if that doesn't happen, Cooper Rush has been uh, more than competent as the the fill in. And the Rams are also pretty injured, both on the offensive line and in the secondary. So, you know, at five and a half, I think this number is pretty close to where it should be. Let me see where I have it uh, right now. I have it at 5.25, uh, which is kind of factoring in like the possibility of Dak returning. At six and a half, I think there would have been value there. 
Okay, moving on to the next contest, we have the primetime game Sunday night. The Baltimore Ravens, three and a half point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. This one could be very fun. 47 and a half is the number here in this one. Freeman, is that over under total a little on the lower side, you think, for these two offenses? Let me see here. Uh, for these two defenses, I could I, even phrase it that way. Yeah, considering I, have the, so much. I have this close to 50. Yeah, so. that's, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, so I I do see value there, and honestly, I I see value on on the Bengals. It, it feels a little wrong to say that because I I have been really impressed by the Ravens, but three and a half in a, a divisional game uh, with Cincinnati getting extra rest, uh, I think there's value there. Cincinnati getting extra rest, but will the Baltimore Ravens lose two home games in a row? Fits you think? Yeah, that's the trend I I worry about because I did have this as more of like a two point game. I, I feel like on a neutral mm-hmm. site, these teams are about even. And um, but that's the thing. Like I, I don't like betting against the Ravens when they're playing at home, especially coming off a home loss. Um, so I might just settle on playing the over, which like Friedman, I don't have it as high as he had it. I had it at 48 and you said it's 47 and a half, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a little bit of value on my projection, a lot of value on Friedman's projection. Yeah. I like the over the way these two defenses have played so far this year. Give me the over on this one. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders will head to Kansas city. Kansas city is seven and a half point favorites in this one. 52 and a half is the number. So Fitz, you know, it's an in-division game. Sometimes we say those are always a little bit more peculiar than people ever expect. Could this end up becoming another one of those games where, you know, you see the Kansas City Chiefs look really good one week and the next week they're at home and they struggle against the Raiders? Or do you think they smash in this one? Yeah, I've learned some hard lessons about the perceived invincibility of the Chiefs in the past, yeah, uh, betting seriously. them at, at big numbers. Um, I once again, I'm kind of inclined to to lay the points with the Chiefs, but maybe it is one of those things where after just coming out of the gate, roaring out of the gate against the Buccaneers on Sunday night, um, it, where they just struggle to move the ball against the Raiders, like it, it's plausible, but it's kind of improbable because the Raiders are still a little ba- banged up in the secondary. That's not what you want to be going against the Chiefs and Arrowhead. Um, so... I I do see some value in the Chiefs here, even as a big home favorite. All right. Do you like the spread here or maybe the 52 and a half number over? What are your thoughts here, Friedman, on this one? Yeah, this number is seven at DraftKings. That's the only seven I'm seeing in the market right now. And I would bet that. Uh, I I bet this on the look ahead at six and a half was, you know, obviously very happy to get that. Mm -hmm. I still see value at seven because I think this number should be about nine. And the Raiders, yeah, they got a win yesterday, and there was a lot of luck involved in getting that win. I mean, now you could say there was some luck involved in them not winning some of their earlier games, but you know they had a fumble six, like to to swing this game. Like I, I think that the Raiders are still pretty fraudulent, and I think the Chiefs are, if not the best team in the league, because that should be, uh, you know, the Bills and anyone's power ratings. But I think the Chiefs are pretty cleanly the number two team in the league, and I think they take care of business here. All right, let's take care of business here with the boys and find their favorite early look-ahead bets for week five in the NFL. Freeman, let's stick with you. Give me your three favorite things that you saw so far this morning that you want people to jump on. Yeah, Washington plus three. I still think there's value there against Tennessee. We Fitz and I both talked about Arizona plus six against Philadelphia, uh, Arizona at home. It's a disgusting bet, but... Arizona is underdogs. You know, that's when they've historically outperformed. And then, yeah, Kansas City minus seven against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I will be on that all day long. 
All right, Fitz, over to you. What are your three favorites looking ahead to week five? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes. No, uh, like them getting getting the field goal against the Dolphins and, and presumably Teddy Bridgewater, the backup quarterback. I think this is a different Jets team and they're still being undervalued. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, we're going to keep riding this train together, Friedman, you and I, before it goes over the over <laughs> off the rails over and the over cliff. a cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so over the cliff gonna, Kingsbury. That's where yeah, it's going. Yeah, we are going to take the six points. And uh, finally, I, I also agree with that uh, Chiefs pick uh, minus seven. Like, that's just not right. enough for them against the Raiders. That's your early look ahead for week five in the NFL. If you need more help, you can always go to bettingpros.com where we have all kinds of amazing content. we got the prop bet cheat sheet. We've got incredible tools and articles to help you get everything you need. And don't forget to subscribe to our Betting Pros channel over on YouTube, youtube.com slash bettingpros. And go play a little over-under game. Have some fun with your friends at Sleeper App. Go to sleeper.app slash bettingpros. That's sleeper.app slash bettingpros. Use the promo code bettingpros when you sign up and you'll get a $100 deposit match on your first deposit. Doesn't get much better than that, except maybe hanging out with these two guys and talking football every single Monday morning. I love it, little Monday morning quarterbacking for the week ahead. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Pat and Matt, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.